Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armand. And this episode is brought to you by Artstack. Uh, so before we get into the main topic, I wanted to do a quick follow-up on my um, art teacher school application. And thank you to people who have sent nice emails or messages or comments uh lamenting and and empathizing uh so i'm very excited to hear about this because i've been making you intentionally not Mm -hmm. tell me anything so i could react on the show yeah so uh first of all i did email within like after i'd been angry for about a week i i emailed to just be like hey is it possible to get more specific feedback so that i can just so i know what 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 happened and do better for next time and I got a response uh, about, like, with with short little notes about each each part, each prompt. Oh, that's nice. That that sounds pretty thorough. It is. It is. And so two the two of them didn't pass muster. And like, I can see what they were coming from with specific specific criticisms. I'm not sure that I agree. One of them was uh, of passing quality, which was nice. Uh, but. I emailed back because one of the things that they said was like, this doesn't show enough design knowledge in the sense of like designing an object. And I wrote back and I was like, well, I did design and 3D print part of it, but thank you. Good to know, you know, like in a nice way, mm-hmm. uh, kind of joking. And he was like, well, I can tell you that we we are doing late application, like late admission, which you have a right to do because your work samples weren't accepted. You can't do it if you like pass, but you're not good enough to make it in. You can't reapply within the late application period. Mm-hmm. But if you're if they're not accepted, you can put in the late application. And then if they uh, decide that they want to see who else has applied, like they go through the the sort of on time applications as normally. And then if they decide that they want to see what else there is like if they either don't have enough qualified applicants or they're like mm, I don't know about the level here then they'll ask for work samples so I've updated all of it I spent like a week and a half working really hard on doing new things and making things better so I have like a new because I didn't want to wait and like have to do it over a weekend in case they decide in a couple of weeks that mm-hmm. they want it and they they were not great on all the info, so it was a little confusing. I didn't know the part about them not wanting the work samples right away, but I'm still glad I did them. So that's where I am right now. So I did, I like resent the application within the late application process. And now I'm just waiting to see if they're going to want them. But and I, this is this is like really good news, this next bit, but also kind of confusing because I now have I'm about to go tomorrow actually when we're recording this to sign a contract to work one day a week as a textile craft teacher at a school nearby that's awesome so I'm I'm um, going to be a a substitute teacher because a friend of a friend works there and the way that they've set up the schedule I don't know if they had bigger class numbers or just like she couldn't do two classes in the same day because they overlapped so I'm going to pick up that class for her. And then for the rest of that day a week, I'm going to be, you know, general extra adult in the school, like, you know, helping out at recess, talking to children. <laughs> That's awesome, though. This this is a great opportunity to, like, dip your toe in this. This is mm-hmm. amazing. And f- figure out if I turns out I hate, you know, 14 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but so I do like, of course, I still want to go to the school, to the program. 
mm-hmm. but part of me is like, because I also don't want to make the people at the school sad if I can't go. But anyway, so that's where, where I stand right now. And, you know, I'm still a little bit sad, but I'm way less sad. And, um, you know, I've come to terms with it. And I figure right now, you know, worst case scenario, touch wood, is I substitute teach one day a week at the school, figure out if I like it or not, uh, or, you know, feel more qualified. And then I play again in a year. So I think that that's awesome because it still feels like you have the forward momentum mm-hmm. in the direction you want to go. Yeah. And yeah, and I've I've been throwing a lot again. The past few weeks have been so hot in Sweden. And because my studio is in the basement, which is much cooler in our house, part of me is, is in there like 20% of it is just that it's cooler in that room than <laughs> yeah, anywhere <yeah>. else. <laughs> oh, but, might as well make stuff. I'm down here trying to cool off. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And I've been reclaiming a lot of clay because that's like a lot of work and I haven't been wanting to do it when I felt weaker. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's where I am right now. And now on to the main focus. I want to do drum roll, but I think it's going to make the mic go funky. Uh, you, <laughs> thank you. You had your fancy art show. I did. Yes, it is done. It happened. I was so nervous leading up to it. I was like all panicky. I did like a test setup and everything. I was so worried I wouldn't have enough, but we carted it all over there because it was at a, uh, so there's like little hotels on the island and one of them has like a courtyard. And so the invited artists that were all just like local and um, it was arranged by another um person on island who is into the art council and all that kind of stuff and also she does pottery herself and also a little stained glass so she arranged the whole thing and like invited people there ended up being like maybe 10 12 artists all different like there were painters and there were printmakers and I was the only glass there was pottery there was photography there was tons of stuff and they had live music so nice oh nice and they had like a because it was like kind of in the hotel courtyard they set up like a little like wine and cheese kind of bar so it was it was this sounds very fancy i love it it was it but it was like it was outside in this court so it was like this really cool mix of craft fair but art show Mm-hmm. So it was um def- it was art sale, right? Like that's the best <laughs> way to describe it. But it was um it was pretty cool and it happened to be on a day where it was a little bit cold and a little overcast. It actually uh drizzled on us a little bit, but that meant that everyone wasn't going to the beach. So we had a lot of foot traffic mm-hmm. in town, which was really really great. And so uh, Marco helped me all day. My for anyone who doesn't know, Marco is my husband, and so I roped him into helping me and like sitting <laughs> with me so I wouldn't like feel panicked and alone and we carted everything over there we set it all up and it it, the display looked really great and the reception was really wonderful a lot of neighbors came by and they were like you made this and i was like (laughs) yeah and they're like well i guess you know we know what you do out there in the winter all (laughs) all winter because it's so lonely and cold out here it was um overall synopsis it went really really well and (laughs) It was a great feeling, and I, it was very similar to when we did, like, the art walk mm-hmm. last year. And I say I say we because, again, I made Marco sit with me. But when I did the art walk last year, where it was kind of nice with – I get I get very anxious about doing a lot of small talk with people. Mm-hmm. 
and I never know what to say. And I never know, like, in case I don't remember somebody and they're like, oh, I, I know you from this and that. And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, I just, I freeze up. And it was nice because sitting behind the table, sitting behind the table, it's like we had something to talk about, which was like the stuff I made. Mm-hmm. And then they were involved, you know, they're also shopping around the sale. So they eventually left like they couldn't stay. You know, so that was it was actually uh, it was really nice. And I kind of forgot about that when I was uh, getting nervous about it. And so overall, I was um, I'm really pleased how it how it went. People seem to like my stuff and if anyone thought it was like too expensive or anything like that they just kind of like walked away we didn't have to talk about it uh so that was also really nice yeah it's it's funny that the skill of the sort of you know shop clerk talk because i'm also like that's not me but there for some reason i have a switch in my brain where it's kind of the same as you know, if I'm if I'm doing like a speaking engagement or doing TV stuff where it just like switches over, I'm like, well, because this isn't me now. I've put mm-hmm. out like I'm cosplaying as an extrovert now. <laughs> like I'm, you know, and yeah, but it is still like it is very much a matter of practice. In the beginning, I was, you know, I didn't know, like, do you try to get people to come up to you? Do you try to like sell them, upsell them? Now I'm like, I would hate myself if I met myself at a fair, but I'm very good at what I do, you know? I don't think I don't think I encouraged anybody to walk over to me. <laughs> like I just kinda hung out uh and, and sat there and then when someone came over, like we chatted. Uh I didn't want to be like too pushy, but that's like kind of what everyone else seemed to be doing. So I was like, all right, I'll <laughs> kind of do this. And then I made friends with uh, the person who was next to me. Uh, She was making screen printed and uh, hand printed clothing and stickers and prints and stuff. And so we got to talking because we liked each other's stuff. And so that was also really nice. That's I always love that talking to the people either next to you or like if you take a tiny little walk around before things get started, because it's so much fun to see what other people make and like how how they think and who they are and even if it's people we're like we we wouldn't hang out it's just fun to talk to so ab- about your setup how did you go about like trying out different things did you figure out something and then change it around a lot talk me through that well it's either hung up so you can kind of like see it moving or it's flat on the table where like you don't really get to see it but it's kind of more protected because it's not clinking around or blowing mm-hmm. or going to fall over so it was kind of a balance of how much do I hang up like how much hanging stuff do I get because also it's breezy we're you know between a bay and an ocean so it gets kind of windy and so I wasn't sure like how much I wanted clinking around and like that would stress me out and so but if I laid things down on the table you really couldn't see the colors or like the dynamic light that glass has um I keep remember someone saying that like working with glass is like, you know, you're you're working with light, like your art medium is essentially light instead of the glass because you're manipulating how it looks and how it shines through it. And I thought that that was really cool. And but the idea of that, I laying a piece down on the table, uh, you know, loses that value. And then also people come over and they're hesitant to pick anything up, which I've also noticed during the sale. And I keep telling them, I was like, oh, pick it up, like hold it up to the light. It's okay. It's like, won't, it won't break or, or you hope it won't break. Because I can tell you, know, people get nervous with my stuff, which mm-hmm. ev- even if you don't know much about, you know, glass or pottery, I think people, most people would just like agree off the bat that 
pottery is hardier than glass, but even there people, and I'm like, pick it up. Like it's there for, you can, you can look with your hands. Could you get like one of those sort of small flat light boxes to put things on? Um, what do you mean? Oh, like a, like a, like an illustrator would have? Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. I was going to say like an iPad, but like not an actual iPad, but you know yeah, what I mean? Like just, yeah. just like one of those flat sort of frosted glass things. Cause then you would get even light through them. That's a really interesting idea. Uh, but let me tell you, so after oh, sorry. after the sale... <laughs> Here's no, me solving I, I things you didn't ask for, as I always do. No, hey, it could come up later. It could be like, wow, that's awesome. But I had this idea of getting, like, finding old windows and putting, like, little nails on all the divided lights. You know, they have all the little frames in old windows with all the mullions oh, yeah. in them. And if I put a little nail in it, because it's just like a free-floating window who cares about nailing into a window that's a display hanging the piece in the window so it's like hanging and there's light coming through but yeah it's kind of stable against the glass of the window so you know what i mean like it's not spinning or clicking on anything else it's like one it's hanging nice and solid so i went dumpster diving like the day after the sale and pulled a whole bunch of windows out of some dumpster from a house that's getting remodeled. So that was pretty sweet. So now I have to like go down and I have to now my project is stripping windows because who has time for that? But I'm going to make time uh, before the next sale. So that's kind of my display um, solution for now is I have these three windows. So that means there's six panes in each. So I have a lot of room for some some different pieces for them to like actually see how that would work and i thought that was pretty cool that's nice uh and i saw you had some some cloth on your table right yeah that's actually a rug (laughs) (laughs) it was a it's a rug that i uh it's a really skinny rug it's one of those ruggable rugs not sponsored but i really like them where you you like (laughs) peel them off of this giant velcro pad and you could throw them in the wash but i had an extra one because i was uh picking colors for different ones and it just kind of like looks nice and different it's not just like a white cloth and it's but then i was like oh maybe it should be a white cloth because all of my glass is colorful mm-hmm. but I, I don't know but it looked kind of nice because it was tranquil and blue I, you know what though that is an excellent if unplanned segue because we do have a sponsor this episode because this episode is brought to you by artstack artstack.co is a new platform for art commissions Yeah, um, artists, illustrators, and designers can host and display your portfolio for free. You can build a network of clients, subscribers, and fans and keep them updated on your work. You can set your commission status to open or close with like a single click. Uh, And you can create and edit a price sheet basically instantly. It integrates the most essential functions that an artist needs to find commissions while leaving out all the familiar nuisances that get between you and your clients. And there are no selling fees. There's also no algorithm that pits you against your fellow artists. And there's a simple, minimal interface that won't get in your way of your work. And for the clients, it means that it's easy to find artists to bring your ideas to life. With a client account, Uh, You can browse portfolios, find the perfect artists for your project. You can follow your favorite artists so you can get notifications and you'll be the first to know when their commissions reopen, which I think is, is, I I like feeling exclusive. Uh, Artists and clients alike can head to artstack.co to create an account. And uh, artists, when they create the account, can use the promo code MAKEDO 
for one year of premium account features, including support for unlimited portfolio images. So that's artstack.co. And if you sign up for an artist account, you can use the promo code MAKEDO. Uh, thank you to Artstack for, for supporting the show. I mean, this sounds pretty great because honestly, if you're on Instagram, you never get notifications. So like you can't get notifications if an artist that you like has like new stuff up, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no way. So this is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, more specifically, what what did people say about about your stuff? People really liked it. Uh, I got a lot of laughs about my name, so that was really good. <laughs> I got questioned, like, if peaches mean anything to me if I'm from Georgia, and I had to answer honestly, no, they just kind of look like butts, so <laughs> I went with it. I'm sorry. I, I squeak left because, I mean, that's, it's true. I mean, and she would, she was, uh, she was very appreciative of my honesty that I had up my Dwight I don't know. It, it looks very uh, biblical to me a little bit. I think because it's in stained glass and it's but it's Dwight Schrute. And if you wanted uh, to see that, it's over on my Instagram account. Both mine. Oh no, it's not on mine. I mean, it, it's mine, but it's not on Tiff Arment. It's over on Girl with the Great Glass. And a it lot made of people... me laugh so much. I loved it. <laughs> it came out so great, and I'm so proud of it. And I like painted with the patina. I have like two different patinas on it, and I was. Super proud of that. But regardless of how proud I was, a lot of people had no idea who it was. I, I've got <laughs> John Lennon. Someone thought it was Marco. Like there, and it's like he doesn't even have hair or glasses. Like it's just, and he has a beard. And this person doesn't have a beard anyway. But the few people that did get it, who were definitely of a younger demographic, <laughs> they saw it and they're like, "That's so cool!" Like they. They just thought it was so funny. Someone even showed me their um, Shroot Farm hoodie that they actually were wearing at the same at the <laughs> fair, awesome. which is great. So it was like nice, and also the uh, the young boys all were so bored walking around this fair with like their parents, and then they came over to my table and they saw the little Among Us characters, and they're like so sus, like they got all <laughs> into it. So that was kind of nice to have things on my table that. You know, I had like the whales and the hearts and the rainbows that really appealed to a general audience. But then there were the specific pieces like the Dwight and the little Among Us people, the Among Us crewmates that appealed to a more like niche nerdy demographic. And I think that they all got really excited that there was something there, like an inside joke almost for them. Yeah, because I, I find that because for a while, I thought that it would be my sort of, you know, nerdier niche stuff that would sell the most. And then I would bring some planar stuff. And it, it can be completely random what sells. And I think it is good to have a mix of both. Like, they're still my things. Uh, but like you said, like you have it for the people who are just like, Hey, this is a bowl. And then for the people who are like, hey, your mug has a dirty word on it. I'm buying that for my office, you know, like mm -hmm. having, having both. And it also makes your table fun. Even if you don't know what among us is, I would be like, I don't know what this is, but I'm amused. <laughs> I did have someone tell me that like, they're like, I don't like that. Like the crewmates kind of freaked them out, but it was like an older person. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's funny that that's upsetting you. I mean, uh, I could, I could see it <laughs> if you didn't know what they were. Uh, but yeah, I didn't sell any of those. I didn't sell the Dwight. I mean, he kind of wasn't for sale, but no one really asked. And I didn't sell any Among Us characters. So it's like that brought 
some customers joy and excitement of like recognition. And so that was like a, a good interaction with my stuff in the table. But everything that sold, I sold like a ton of whales, right? Mm-hmm. And there are, when I was sitting there, and I wasn't selling anything, I started thinking like, well, I could, I could always, you know, make the things that would sell, like I could make some lighthouses and like other stuff that because you know, there's a big lighthouse here on the island, and it's super iconic, because it's black and white. And I was thinking about making one of those anyway, but still there's like certain things that I could have made that I think like the people walking around for like day trips and stuff on island would totally buy. But it's like, mm, it, would my heart be in it? Like, so it's like the balance of I'm still going to make stuff that makes me happy because uh, I can't just like force myself to make things that I don't really care about. And seeing that it's like, the balance of making someone feel joy of like this niche thing versus like making a ton of sales. So I think going forward, I'm going to have to see how that balances out and and what that really means, especially coming up on the bigger show in August. Yeah. And and also you, you never know what's going to sell. Like you could prep a hundred whales for the next show and then suddenly you won't be able to keep peaches in stock or the other way around. Right, yeah. Which is Not- both fun and and frustrating. One thing that I was thinking about because you were talking about, you know, s- sitting there and not knowing how to talk to people because I think I've mentioned before that I have the luxury of uh, both because of like when I used to bring my book to shows and because I make yarn bowls and stuff, I can sit and knit. And because I can knit without looking at my work, I can still sort of make eye contact with people and talk to them. Would it, because could you like do the, the, the thinging, the lining? You talked about this last time with Josh and I cannot remember what it was called, foiling. Or could you like, you know, draw designs just to like, because it, it creates interest and it also makes at least me like I'm less nervous and I'm less bored. <laughs> like because hmm. you, you don't want to look at your phone or just like sit there and look grumpy because uh, that doesn't draw people in. But if if you're just sitting there, it can be hard to just sit there if like suddenly it gets slow or you're nervous. So having something to do that is still sort of part of your table or interesting. I've thought about bringing my miniature uh, wheel to Tiny throw. Wheel. Yeah. <laughs> but it gets really messy. So that would probably not be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I tried not to be on my phone. That was like a specific thought mm-hmm. that I was like, get off your phone, get off your phone. Like <laughs> I'd only check because Adam was running around town like feral. So I had to keep checking on where he might be. But um, other than that, I kept trying to make sure like, don't be on your phone, like be more approachable if people have questions and stuff. So and I think about also when I've I've been to like craft fairs and art shows and stuff, it is kind of cool seeing someone working on a piece and it's a conversation starter. Unfortunately, I don't think I can bring anything besides like my iPad, but then that's kind of like being on a phone. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess with my pencil, because that's how I make the patterns. Um, I mean, I could foil, but I'd be so worried about it like out in the open air and just starting to tarnish like too, too quickly. Fair, in front fair of enough, me. fair enough. I mean, otherwise, maybe I could just do it for fun, like a couple pieces, like a show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, like, like throw away, not, um, not anything and, I and would, uh, long term un- keep. Unfoil them. That's yeah, the just foil it, just foil and unfoil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, was there anything that, that surprised you? Like things that people like that you weren't prepared for or comments or anything? 
not really much surprised me. I mean, I was kind of prepared for the questions of like, can this be outside? And, you know, I, I had I've actually been having one of my pieces like sit outside for the past month or so to see how it tarnishes or how it rusts and the longevity of it really like I'm kind of just waiting for it to fall apart it's still there though so everything's still good um, it's <laughs> semi covered but not really it's in our outdoor shower so I was kind of prepared for those questions nothing really stumped me not so much it was actually really fun to say that everything was made on island which mm-hmm. that was kind of fun and um yeah, I guess the I guess what surprised me was really how much I really deeply enjoyed it. Like I loved spending my day like that. It was a mm-hmm. great way to spend the day and kind of be around creative people but not really have to do much besides hide behind my own stuff, which is a great place to hide. Yeah, it feels like kind of a sort of soft open type thing. Yeah. Like it wasn't huge. It was, you know, low key, but it was still real or what like you know like it, it was still live i don't know what you call it like it, it was <laughs> oh, actually one thing that stressed me out was a couple neighbors um or people that i knew they were like oh hey can i pay you later and i get very stressed out about that because like first of all i that's fine like paying me later no problem but then I'm like, oh, do I have to like ask for this? Like, do I have to hunt them down? Do I just like forget about it and pretend like it was a gift? But yet this is like something that I'm here at this event selling. Like, I never know what to do. Like, that's such a weird position to be in. Mm-hmm. And that was something I was talking to Marco with uh, afterwards because I I was like put into this position and I want to be cool about it because it's like, oh, it's chill and, and you know, neighbors do you favors and uh this other neighbor was hanging out with adam a whole bunch um so it was like what do i do here that that was very weird that was something that i wasn't expecting um everyone ended up uh paying for what they bought like yeah afterwards like they they came by the house and and dropped something off but then at the same time i'm like oh should i have given them a discount like i just don't know what to do because i feel like at first, you know, just thinking about it, I was like, the prices are the prices. No matter who comes up, this is what it is. <laughs> like, I'm at this fair. I'm selling. Um, you know, I'm not bringing it over as a gift. I'm not. It's not a holiday or it's a, not a housewarming or something that I would use my art as a gift situation. That feels like something else. This is like my sale. So, like, what would you do? What like what <laughs> would you do in this position? Have you ever been in that position? No. But I think that might also be because I've never really done that kind of hyper local thing. I have had people who I know come up to markets and depending like at a big market and they just show up for whatever reason. Maybe they know I'm there. Maybe they don't. Depending on who it is, sometimes I give them a discount, but I don't do it like as a rule. And I think also like they know that you're an artist and a maker and this is your thing and uh, I I don't think anyone should expect a discount. And if they ask, you can like sort of prepare mentally ahead of time, sort of like stratus strata of who will get a discount and how much. I don't think I would say like that they could pay me later because also like, you know, this is my business and I try to keep good, just like keep my books in mm-hmm. order. So like this is when the payment came in and stuff. 
I actually, I mean, I wouldn't think it was that weird if someone was like, hey, in the moment, like, wait, you know, I, I don't have my, my watch or my card on me to, to blip or Venmo or whatever. And I would be like, you know, you live next door or I, I know where you sleep. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I know you're good for it. But I wouldn't consider it a gift. I would just be like, hey, um, just checking in about the payment. I want to make sure, you know, my books are balanced. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Regardless of whether that's true, just to be like, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to get everything in order after the show. So if you could send me and then you can, you, you know, you can joke that like and remember, you know, uh, you didn't have to pay shipping fees because I was right there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's also weird because like they all know where we live, they all know our house. Like, it's it's also a little bit stressful without like revealing too much. It's it's just like I know that our family is financially stable, and it's pretty obvious. And so it's like the idea of me like tracking someone down for seventy dollars for a piece that I made. I get all I get very stressed about that because, or like even asking a friend to like when they say, "Oh, can I?" buy something i'd be like i want to just say the price that i have because i still spent the time and i made it but yet i it's not like my livelihood in the sense that i i absolutely need depend on this money and it's that's very obvious in our community right and so yeah but still like it's tricky to deal with it's your work and it's really hard because you you get there was a discussion recently or recently ish about a podcaster whose husband is like a big time movie director and people were like she shouldn't have a I can't remember if they were upset about Patreon or ads but it's like yeah but you you can't like base your own like you know sort of salary requ- requirements or pricing your things because someone else is also bringing in money into the household you have to value yourself and like what, right. What you, it's like, do you work for free because you don't technically need it? But that's not yeah, right either. Exactly. Like, I think about like really like successful artists that are making millions of dollars off of each painting or sculpture. They're or not suddenly going to make them cheaper just because they've already sold one that year. Yeah, they're not like, I'm going to make my next work for free because I'm good now. Like they keep asking for more money for their work. My experience is that with friends all the good friends that I have are the ones that insist on paying me when I'm like, dude, it's a gift. And they're like, and they're like, no, I want to pay you for this thing that you made. Or they're like, you know, we, we sort of exchange things like they'll do something super nice for me. Or maybe Mm -hmm. if they make something that's really hard though, when you do that kind of exchange, because both people have to figure out like, you know, what, what would think this thing be worth if I sold it, if they're not someone who sells it, that's, that's a different discussion. Right. But you know, like the, the people around you should want to support you. Oh, that's why, like, I always make sure I'm being like, I am giving this to you as a gift. I expect nothing. This is a gift. That's what a <laughs> gift is. Or versus, like, I am definitely paying you for this because I want it and I'm paying you for your work. Like, I like having that clear communication between friends. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that clear communication doesn't always work with people who you're kind of, like, vague acquaintances with. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's hard. And I've had to realize, cause, like, my, my love language is gifts, gifts and gifts and, and acts of service, 100%. And I, I've had to learn to, like, even if it makes me happy, it also makes other people happy to support me, you know? And, you know, it's a little bit different because this is a more significant part of my income than it is than it is for you in that sense. But even so, like, let people support you and 
you know, uh, both support your work and support your art, if you see what I mean with the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but it it sounds like you're you're you want to do this again, right? Oh yeah, not just not just the art walk, but like in general, you're 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 here for because this was like your first. A, your first show with the glass, but also where you are more like, well, this is a thing that I want to do and sell now. Last year, you you know, putting your feet in the water. Now you're in there, you're splashing, your bathing suit is on. Oh, yeah, because this is like I went and set up somewhere as opposed to just like out in front of my house and people happen to walk by. So, yeah, I signed up for the one in August. I'm all ready for it. Oh, one of the things that I did at this sale was I brought my glass plant, which is still a total prototype because I still need to figure out. It is so gorgeous, though. Thank you. I love it so much. Uh, But it's still like not complete because I need to figure out how to like make sure all the stems and everything stay inside and i have a couple of little uh technical things to work out but so i brought it anyway though as kind of a display i got such amazing feedback about that piece everyone loved it like everyone was like that's so cool that's amazing having like an eye catcher or a quote-unquote masterpiece is is very cool like it, it it definitely does something Yeah. And so like a lot of people were asking about like, oh, you know, how much is this? And I was like, oh, it's not for sale because it will fall apart the second you like move it. (laughs) But like um, still we we were uh, fielding questions. Marco was helping me with this, too. He was very clever with like almost like taking like a survey of some people that would come (laughs) by. They'd be interested in it. And he'd be like, what would you expect to pay for something like this? You know, Um, and uh, I appreciated that question and I loved hearing the answers. But a part of me or a giant part of me knew it was always going to be undervalued no matter what, because Mm -hmm. just the average person walking by isn't going to really know how many hours like each leaf takes to make and like putting it all together and, and the cost of everything and getting like specialty glass and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, if it's like, um, By specialty glass, I mean like something that's like poured and dynamic. There's like pieces that are way more expensive than like a standard single color thing. Um, so and that question is answers. also hard of being like if you ask someone like what would you expect to pay for something like this sort of wrapped into that question is how much would you be willing to pay for that right yeah but then if you ask them instead like what do you think this should cost like what what would you expect and art you know what i mean like if it's because when you're asking that in the moment you're basically asking what would you give me for this not as explicitly but it's implied but if you ask someone like how much do you think this is worth? How much should this be worth? You would get probably a higher number because people are like, well, artists should get paid. But Some of them. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. me, this would be like trying to find the balance between what, what it's quote unquote worth and how much they feel like they could spend for it. So it's a very good question, but it's also a hard one to sort of decode. And you can get like, if you if you ask like this, it could span, you know, like $50 to $500 because people either don't know or they value different things or they have different art budgets for their household. Well, there's also like the notion of, oh, if you price it this way, you'll sell a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to sell a lot of them. They take a long time to make. Like <laughs> selling a lot, like volume is not my goal here. And so someone was like, oh, $100, you could sell that easy for $100. I'm like, well, I don't want to sell it easy. You know, I want someone who's going to buy it who actually loves it a lot and wants it in their home and you know purchase it for what it's worth essentially so some of those answers they were both a mixed bag of i know you don't really know what goes into this so how could you possibly price it like 
I'm in the best position, like me, Tiff, is the best in the best position to price this. But also at the same time, someone valuing it at like a hundred dollars, that's like that's a little discouraging too. It's like, oh, you know, like there are pieces on my table right now for 70 that's like a whale with like, you know, um, you know, seven or eight different pieces together. And then this like sculpture, like $30 different. It, it was a little not disheartening because I didn't take it that seriously. But at the same time, it was one of those things that stuck with me. It's a tiny sting. Yeah, no, I it's uh, it's it's hard. So like, yeah, if you threw like something that looks fairly simple, but you know that you put a lot of like time and skill into like building uh, a tall vase, uh, I'm not super. In- I have no idea what <laughs> I would. I would trust you for value, per, like, you know, value assessments on your own pieces. But like, wouldn't you feel it, it's a weird feeling for someone to be like, oh, I could go pick up something that's similarly shaped at home goods for like 20 bucks. And you're like, no, absolutely. <laughs> but but that's also where I think the the sort of art shows and craft shows, they do make it a little easier because the people who are there are they're not there for a flea market, you know, like they're mm-hmm. at least aware of like, this is handmade, which immediately makes them most people a little bit more sort of prepared to like, yes, this is, you know, somebody made this. And I think also one thing with that, I, I kind of figure is the same for both, both glass and, uh, and pottery that it's not just the work that went into this one. It's the, like, this is a difficult thing. And sometimes you will have like, a bad run of it and like Mm -hmm. it's harder to glaze something big and maybe like something went wrong in the fire you know what I mean like it's it's also that you had to spend time on the ones that didn't make it that far and in your case it might be the different leaves to say you know oh yeah I definitely like some will crack because there's like a weakness in the glass that you can't see until it heats up and then yeah like with the near the soldering iron and then that's it like I have two birds that are sitting like half done in my cabinet because they have a crack through them. It's not that it ruins it, really. But, I mean, visually it does. The stability of the piece is not ruined. But still, it's like, I can't sell that. Yeah. And so, like, having a bird with a crack in it is one thing. But if you make, like, a giant sort of, I don't know, St. Trout window type thing, mm-hmm. that is a lot of pieces that could have gone wrong, maybe did go wrong. Maybe you had to remake it several times because at the very, you know what I mean? Like, and that's another thing that people don't realize. And like, it's not that other people should pay for your iterative process necessarily, but like that, that is also part of the time that it, it, it took. Is, is there something that you want to do differently for next time? Anything where you were like e- either in display or you need a better chair or uh whatever did uh, do you did you have business cards i i didn't have business cards um i had stickers and so next time i'm gonna have like other stickers that um so that's like uh people were asking where to find me but at the same time i'm not selling online i was saying this to also uh, marco was suggesting handing out business cards and i was like well i feel like right now in our day and age especially like anyone who is going to go look for you online it's going to be able to find you with mm, other clues or things like maybe they already bought something from you. I just, I, I, I like, like the thought you of get clues. Like a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, you know, search for ocean beach glass or something like that. They'll like yeah. find you. Um, but like the idea of like handing out, spending money to have business cards printed up and having those actually like go out into the world and then come back as a sale. It seems so 
nil. Like whenever I pick up a business card, you know what I do with it? I bring it home and then I lose it and then I, or I throw it away like a year later <laughs> because it really doesn't bring me anywhere. If I'm already interested in buying a piece, I'm going to buy something right there. And so I did not have business cards. I kind of talked myself out of getting them. Well, yeah, like I, I have them and sometimes very rarely do they lead anywhere, but I think it's good to have them just so people see them one more time before they throw them away. But I think it is good to have like, because I usually have like a tiny sort of table frame for just like a, a picture frame, but I have in it some pricing and then just like my Instagram. And sometimes mm-hmm. people will just take a picture of it to remember it or like they'll follow me on the spot. Ooh, having your Instagram on the tape, that's a good idea. I think I'll do that next time. I'm going to write that down. Ideas <laughs> to do next time. But yeah, next time I'll definitely have my um, my windows up with my uh, frames. I just need to figure out how to like stand up the windows. So that will be a little bit of a project. And now I'm going to have my Instagram on it. Instagram. <laughs> I had like my Venmo. I had like a little QR code for Venmo. And so that worked out great. They could just nice. like beep, beep, scan it right on the table. It was all done. So yeah, next time. Oh, and another thing. I had a price list on like one piece of paper, like laminated thing on, on my table, um, along with the Venmo QR code. So many people asked me how much things were. They didn't see the list. And then when oh, I yeah, said no, like... Just- I, re- I refer, I was like, oh, it's this much. And here's a list of prices. They almost got embarrassed. They, they're like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. So I think next time I might individually tag everything, even though it was kind of nice to avoid doing all that. But <laughs> people just ask so much. They miss seeing oh, yeah. the price list or they don't want to read it because it looks too overwhelming with information. You will probably find yourself like so you'll have a patter of the things that you say over and over again. And it you will start to feel almost silly but you just have to remember that every person who comes up they only have this interaction you've had the same interaction 84 times that day mm, like i that's a good I, way to think of it <laughs> like for me it's almost the way like some people say sort of the lord's prayer or recite the alphabet like you couldn't do it like you don't even hear what it is anymore like i'll say like oh it can go in the microwave dishwasher and oven over and over and over again or i will say over and over and over again you can look with your hands uh and just like because like it's my salesman patter sort of mm-hmm. so I, I think you'll find those find those as well so how do you how do you feel now for for the art walk thing sounds i'm, I'm guessing pretty good yeah i feel i feel ready i feel good i feel like i have a lot more stuff to make um to restock because i sold about 14 pieces which felt about maybe um around maybe a little bit less than two-thirds of of what I brought so nice it it felt pretty good I mean I still have like some little things here and you know that didn't sell and so that's nice that I can carry that over but otherwise I'm definitely going to have to be making some things to restock and now I have to decide like do I make new things do I restock on the whales or or risk having like I've already saturated the town with whales like everyone now has a whale (laughs) in their house so you know do I need to make more whales uh, who knows? I don't know. Um, maybe I'll make a few more and see, but not as much as I brought to begin with. So yeah, I guess I will. Um, I'll just learn from this as much as I can. Awesome. I want you to take a picture of three whales hanging and caption it whale, whale, whale. But that's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You got it. You got it. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Well, it it sounds like you had an amazing... I'm so glad that, that it was good because, again, like it, it can be so, so random how these things go and it's it's sad when like the early ones you go to don't go well because it's really easy to feel like it's about you 
when it's not mm-hmm. and be be disheartened. So even though I believe in you and I believe in your <laughs> things, uh, I, I'm really glad that you had sort of the, the show that you deserved and are are pumped about it. Well, thank you. Well, we'll see how the next one goes. It's two days long. Uh, it's it's going to be much, much, much bigger. I actually have the info on my Girl with the Great Glass um, Instagram account. It's like in the profile. If anyone, for some reason, wants to come out to this strange little island and buy glass, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, you can go and find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do. And we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our email is make do pod at gmail.com. You can find us individually at Tiff Arment and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. Thanks to Art Stack for sponsoring this episode. And we will be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do and sell. <laughs> if you want to. If you want to. It's your hobby. That's right. Monetize it if you want to. (laughs) 